you have anything to add, Shay, before we or before I um take it away from religion? Because turn this turned into I a think very we great conversation. Take it away from religion. I don't yeah. want to add to it more. <laughs> okay, definitely understandable. <laughs> um, one of the things I mentioned to both of you is the situation that happened in Florida or with a student who was going to go to Florida uh, University. If I'm not mistaken, from what I saw of the situation, he was a 17-year-old sports oh, athlete. I think it, it was, was like fo- two hours ago. I was like, wait, what happened <laughs> in Florida? <laughs> <laughs> it was, he was yeah. a football kid, and he, had, he was getting a scholarship to Florida, one of the best uh, football schools in the nation. And he recorded himself singing along to a rap song that had the N-word in it. And, and, and he was white, correct. And he said the word, and next thing you know, they took away his whole scholarship. And to tie into the conversation we were having about the government, it's a lot of power to have over someone's life to just simply change how they're going to live the rest of their world. And as a black person, to give my opinion on it before I ask you guys, I agree that if you're not black, don't say the N word. It should be that simple. But I'm not I'm not comfortable with ruining a 17 year old's life for singing a song for singing a word that was a part of a song and again even as a black person i hate the argument of oh the rapper put in a song so why can't they say it because i personally feel it's not that hard to not say words but at the same time and it doesn't roll off your tongue if you uh, no (laughs) say it it won't roll off your tongue and it's like ready to get started yeah and it's like even with me having that opinion and us agreeing with that opinion, like it doesn't really roll off the tongue. It's a valid argument. He's he likes a song. He liked the song and he sung the lyrics in the song. So that's not criminal. He didn't hurt no one. He didn't kill no one. But yeah, he lost his scholarship over a word. So I want to ask both of you guys' opinion on this and how do you think the situation should have been handled? So as they play rock paper scissors to see who goes first, we're gonna have a tie. We're gonna have ah! Shay go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Um, I think it's all about intention. Mm. So when some, I mean, if you think about the history of the word, it's a discriminatory slur. It is used to identify and single someone out mm-hmm. based on their race. And obviously it's centered for a very specific race. And that intent, it's rooted in bad intention. Mm-hmm. But the word is not, used today as it was originally intended to Mm -hmm. people who it was originally subjected against that being black people have reclaimed the word as their own to use only for them they are the only ones who can say it and that's valid i think that is fine because of how it's been used against them in the past Mm -hmm. but i think okay the word has been reclaimed and now it's used as almost a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my dude. But, you know, not saying dude. I really thought you were about to say it. No. I was like, but listen. I mean, yeah, I was. I, I was well, listen. That's, this is why you give people the chance to speak instead of <laughs> saying, like, whoa. I'm not going to say it. But that, that kind of leads into my next thing was, I mean, the word has not had its original meaning for longer it's existed with a different meaning than longer than it existed with its original. Mm-hmm. It has been used for something different for longer than it was used as a bad slur. But it, even that being said, it still can be used as a slur by the people who indoctrinated it in the first place, being mm-hmm. white people. Mm-hmm. That being said, when you live in a country like we do now, where there aren't, there isn't segregation, like people are raised and interact with each other in a community forever. If you have communities, let's say that is a majority black, 
you got a handful of white people in there. Mm-hmm. Those white people have grown up with the black people, act like the black people, hang out with the black people, live with the black people, eat with the black people. Are they not allowed to talk with the black people? Especially if everyone around them is okay with them saying it. Mm-hmm. So like my dad, I, I've never met one of his friends that are white. Like when I was younger, like a lot of my dad's friends were black. My dad says the N word. He's a 45 year old man who, but he's not out calling people the N word. Mm-hmm. He's not using it as a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. He's saying, that's my dude. You know, that's my friend. Like all these dudes. Like, he's not saying it, and he's not even saying it about black people 90% of the time. Mm -hmm. He's saying it because it's a word in his vocabulary that he grew up around black people comfortable to use. And I don't think my dad should be, and maybe it is just because my dad, but I, I don't think someone should be alienated or criminalized for using something like that. And with no bad intentions, mm-hmm. it's a part of her, their vocabulary. I have friends who will say it and slip up, but I know that where they were raised, it's different. It's, it's so different. And if you are coming from a place of all white people, you can't understand that. Mm-hmm. You've never heard it used in the way that the community that's reclaimed it actively uses it. Mm-hmm. And if you are a part of that community, whether you're black or not, I feel like it shouldn't, I mean, I don't think white people should regularly say it. I'm not advocating for that. I mm-hmm. don't think it's right that my dad does, and I've tried to talk to him, but this is his defense. I'm 40 years old, not until, like, like, he's 43. Until he was 41, no one ever told him to not say it. Mm-hmm. Ever. Not the black people he was saying it around, not the people he was saying it to, in front of, with, like, no one was saying that to him until suddenly our generation who's old enough to say that it's a problem makes it a problem. Mm-hmm. But all the people his age don't see it like that. So I think it is a generational thing. I think it's about intention. I think it's about different, like the different backgrounds people come from because mm-hmm. I don't think someone who's just saying it in a recreational way, like with a song or with their friends that's caught saying it, when it's been fine up till then, in their community with the people that is, are supposedly supposed to be offended by it. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly an outside perspective says, oh, you can't say that. And it's just, it's a touchy situation. Anna? So, when you said from the beginning, um, when we were talking about like religion in general, when you get educated on something mm-hmm. and then you continuously like you know it's wrong Mm -hmm. but you're still believing in it that's like with us with the like with the sexism argument Mm -hmm. as women saying that but like my dad's argument is like me and all my black friends are fine with me saying it and then his black friends will be like i'm fine with him saying it yeah but true but alejandro right grew up with a bunch of people and women that said it Mm -hmm. so he thought that it was fine and then we sat there and told him, don't say that because we don't like it, right? Right. So and I think if my dad were in front of someone who was black and heard him say that and then told him not to, he would respect that. Right. But he's always been around black people and carries himself in a way that like is respectful about it. He's never using it as a derogatory term mm-hmm. in an offensive way. He uses it as a term of endearment, as a camaraderie. And it's always been seen and perceived that way. So he continues to say, he's not saying it with any ill intention. So even when I told him like, hey, some people see this as bad, he goes, the people I'm around don't. Yeah, well, the whole thing, the whole reason that I believe that that school 
took away his scholarship is because when, if they didn't, okay, what they're saying is that it's okay. Mm-hmm. So that's, if you, if you really want to use it in that way, it's like, it's, he's, he's And the I kind of do think it was okay for him to sing along to the song. I don't think he was out there calling people the N-word. I don't think but he was the, wishing death upon anyone. If you are educated on the history of the word, and you know that you're part of the group that what made the word educated? in a negative way. No, if he wasn't educated, that makes sense. But by the time you get to be 17 years old, you should be educated. Maybe in the generation above us, it doesn't make as much sense because the education was not there at that time. But at this time, once you get to that age, you know. And what if his parents didn't give him a phone? Like, I he think didn't his parents know. did give him a phone. But like, I'm saying, like, what if he was caught on camera in the background singing along and it wasn't his phone that took the video? So to okay. give context, he recorded himself. What about another situation and of that, like someone else recording him? I'm saying like... You, okay, there's a thing... That's an, I, think, I feel like that's a whole other conversation. I'll answer that too. I want to let you guys like talk about it. There's a big thing here of when like a lot of white people go through the stage of when they're young and they aren't educated on the word, they like will say it mm-hmm. and then they get older and as soon as they're educated, they stop because they're educated on it now. Mm-hmm. And then a video of them will be brought up from when they were uneducated mm-hmm. and they apologize for it. And usually people accept it right. because they're apologizing that they, you know, they're like, well, and it, it sucks that white people go through the stage of not being educated on that word because honestly, like, can we, I, a lot of us have gone through the stage of not knowing what that word, like the history of the word, mm-hmm. right? A lot of us go through that stage. So um, once you're, if you're educated, then you stop. There's nothing wrong with like the, then you saying it when you weren't educated is still something that you're gonna have to apologize for by saying I was ignorant, right? That's that's the that's apology, right? I was ignorant, mm-hmm. right? That's why I used the word. Now, if you weren't ignorant and you used the word, then what's the apology? Right, and how are we supposed to know? Like, well, first off, this kid got a scholarship taken mm-hmm. immediately, right? Pretty sure it was immediately. Like, so, if not immediately, like the that, next day. How do or, we know if he was ignorant of it or not? But how he's going to college? Can we not college. give him the benefit of the doubt? No, not when you're in college like that. But and also, if they he was seventeen, so he wasn't in college yet, wasn't he? He was he seven. He was going, going to college. He was going into college. Mm-hmm. Right, but he's seven. He's still seventeen. Who like? Who That's can five say, years. He's like maximum been outside of his parents' like direct line of thought. You know I, what I'm saying? I cannot imagine that at 17 you don't know anything about the history of that word, and you don't, and no one has ever told you not to like that the history. Like I really cannot imagine. It's a different world. Like I mean, if you can't say that you knew he was educated on it, or that he knew the history of okay, it more than as a term for a friend. At that point, it is not anyone else's responsibility to educate you on it. If you're 17 years old and you have access to the internet, it's not anyone else's responsibility. I feel like if you were going to be offended by it and take a stance behind a word, you have to be able to defend that stance. And if you are going to be offended by someone using that word, you have to be willing to educate them on it. To give a more in-depth opinion on all of the topics that, or all of the little subtopics we just talked about in this, I personally agree with Anna in the sense of you're 17. Like you, we're not, I'm not going to play the card of you didn't know, even with me defending him. Cause there's a side of me that's going to defend him still, regardless, even with me holding my pain. But I do agree that one, you're 17. You should know this in 2022 with the age of internet and you know the should, word. But we just can't say that he did. Yeah, we don't. And then that's another, I'm going to give that its own it's section his, as well. It's his own ignorance of not knowing. 
Because he had the opportunity to know. Well, how are we going to say he had the opportunity? He definitely did. It's 2022. Because if he you... He 100% had the opportunity. But I know people who are like Jehovah's Witnesses that are homeschooled and they don't know. They would hear that word and they start saying it. Yeah, that would be... A, that's a completely different person and, right, and conversation. And we just don't know. And well, we, we do don't know. know. This guy. But this, the, the reason the school would have taken away this man's scholarship was because they sat there and they're like, well, if we don't do anything, then it's telling other people that it's okay. So he's honestly being used as, I mean, it and sucks. he's being made an example it of. It sucks for him. Definitely. But those examples need to be made or else people are going to think that it's okay. Does it absolutely suck for this guy because, like, he you know, slipped up once and said something. And, you know, that actually might have hurt a lot of people. A lot of people might have sat there and been like, damn, I still have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 2022 and I still have to see that, be exposed to all these white people using a word like this. So, it's, yeah, like, you know, you have to... You have to <laughs> it's explain. very annoying. But they, it's annoying because, right? But does it go back to, are you... I get, like, being annoyed. Like, why, why are they using it in the first place? I mm-hmm. get that. Mm-hmm. But, like... When you get to someone who is not, it's about intention. They're not out here calling but them a bunch of dirty N words. I do agree, and I'm gonna, saying, I'm gonna get to that part of the my, conversation. That's my dude. That's mm-hmm. my friend. Like, mm-hmm. there, it's not. I feel like my dad has never said it in a negative way, mm-hmm. and that's why he refuses to not say it anymore. And he mm-hmm. has his friends that are backing him up, saying, "Yes, this is fine with me as a black person." Mm-hmm. And with that again those two those last two things are gonna i'm gonna give it its own attention but with the conversation of like should we should the example be made i feel like i feel like yes but not in this sense because like i say i'm gonna defend him as well i don't feel his scholarship should have been taken that was completely overdoing in my opinion Yeah, he could have had he could have had any kind of other like repercussions but i mean it they could have made an example out of him in a different way that wouldn't have hurt him so deeply Yes. Because at the end of the day, one, like you kind of mentioned, money. Like if they don't do nothing about it or if they don't go over the extreme, then they're going to be deemed a certain – they're going to be deemed as racist yeah, even though right. it wasn't a racist action. I don't feel – even with, my, with part of my opinion being you shouldn't have said it anyway, no, it wasn't – it, it was not racist yeah. at all. He should have no. avoided the so, word yeah, like I do in the song. His intent may not have been racist. His intent. Right? right. But his impact could have been hurtful. That's a difference too because there's difference. I could intend so many things. I could be like, well, my, like, I could be a bitch to you and be like, well, my intention was that, like, it's just not good for you and I know it's not good for you. So I just, like, I, you know, I intend to just help you. But you could see it as, damn, you fucking hurt my feelings. Like, what if I said your hair's so ugly today and I think you should fix it because then you're going to look better. That's like, it's my but intent is to be nice. would have the same punishment if he went out and said, you're a dirty N word. Oh my gosh. He would have said, like, he, he would have gotten the same thing would have happened. He would have said, he would have gotten his thing taken away. It would have been hate speech. Those are the same criteria that they're taking away for him using it in a non-racist, non-bad intention way. But he's putting it on the internet where it's going to reach people that are going to be impacted. So he's a fucking and, idiot. And that's, that's what, what I didn't, that's for. what I didn't he's get. He's an to. idiot and then he should get a repercussion to make, so people know that it's not okay to say it. Should he have gotten his scholarship taken away? Probably not. But you're saying the repercussion should be the same if he's using it with bad intention versus as a term of endearment. With bad intention? If he, if he said it in the way that you said it, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I didn't just go say the N word. <laughs> you just made it sound like I just like. Oh it. no, no! But like the way that <laughs> no, like, like the example exemplified. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Then I'd be like, take away a scholarship, take it away. Like I'd be snapping, I'd be happy about it. Like in this case, I just think that it's a thing that has to be done, not the scholarship being taken away, but him being, you know, penalized in a way. I think he should so, have been penalized. Right. Yes. So yeah. But and I do maybe... think that if you are educated at all, and you you sit there and you know 
the history of it, even if you grew up saying it, it just respectfully, you could just choose not to. And that's one of the main things you mentioned with your dad is that he has black friends who are okay with it. While I personally would question those black people just because, like Anna said, you know that all of y'all know the education behind that word and you're still choosing to allow him to say it and then your dad saying it. That's their personal choice. We can't do nothing about or, yeah, we can't do nothing about another white man with his friend saying something that they all agree with. But we're holding him to our standards. And we shouldn't. That's why I'm saying in my personal opinion, in my personal opinion, I would have one viewpoint, but I don't I'm not going to look at him differently. I'm not going to show like any sign of hate towards him because one like you mentioned it's something he grew up with for 40 years and it's about intention he's not intending to do it wrong he's, he's not out here being a racist person it, and it, he it could have the wrong impact on someone that heard it like what if what if he said it and then someone like across the grocery store that just heard it was like sitting there and they're like i really still have to deal with this like i really still have to hear these people say this i get what you're saying but like across the it's grocery like store it's trauma, not like though. he's they're hearing him call someone that it's like yeah. they're. It's like me saying, "Bitch" or "Bitch." <laughs> There's difference. There's intention. Like, "Bitch." Like, "Oh my god, I can't believe we're here." Or, "Bitch." Like, well, I'm calling you it, or both, I'm saying they're it. both wrong. But if you have the intention, it's more wrong. And yes, even and I'm okay. saying they should have different penalties. And they like, should, but uh, some. It, I'm not saying it's completely excusable it, in any way. But some people have reasons for being the way they are, like growing up like that for the past 40 years and never once hearing anyone tell him he shouldn't mm -hmm. until, until he's 42. Until someone did. And then, and then still, still one person told him it was wrong. Right. Everyone else around him is still saying it's fine. And then once... So why should he believe that one person? And once you... Like, gone half the time. Me. <laughs> like, I'm, well, I'm in Jackson. I tell him it's wrong. I leave. All of his friends are like, well, cause why? At least now he has the, uh, like, the... He could go to Google... And once you and get to the, why it's wrong. once you get to that point, you realize it's a personal choice. And like Anna yeah. mentioned, it's yeah. no matter the intent or like I would still never say it. Like mm -hmm. let me make that clear. Even <laughs> yes. in the car alone, I don't I say. Know, it. I know you're <laughs> like, not. I know like that's even though yeah, I would I never have yeah. a bad intention. Mm -hmm. I've never even heard someone called it in real life with a bad intention. Oh, I have. I just. I, I would never say never it. I just <laughs> understand why certain people do. And then you get to like, what about a. What about living in a 100% black community and there's like one kid who's adopted and he's white? Then mm -hmm. maybe that kid will never grow up to hurt somebody's feelings because everyone accepted it from that age. But what, as soon as it hurts one person's feelings and that person can go and find out why it did, they have the choice to just not say one word because like it's not hard to not say it. So they could choose to just not say that one word because it might hurt people's feelings. And where you get, it becomes like a ranking system in that even if like you don't mean it to intend and you've been doing this all your life if you know the impact that it can hold then you in my personal opinion you should understand that it shouldn't be something a part of you anymore because i can defend this kid for the longest because we, we all agree a scholarship should have been taken and we also all agree that intention does matter it's still very annoying to be a black person in 2022 and i go on tiktok and i see somebody saying the n-word or i walk around and i hear people using um aave african-american vernacular english and just using broken english and having situations to where if we use it and it's made fun of, but it, it's made popular amongst other races, it's very annoying because somebody interviewed me for a state news story and they asked about like how long 
can you go on like social media and not see it be used by someone other than black? And me personally, I can't go that long without seeing it. So it's still the impact, understanding, knowing the impact they can have and still using it. I personally feel like that's a boundary that shouldn't be crossed. And doesn't that kind of create intent? I mean, it, it almost creates intent because you know that it could. I think it's a different type of intent. Knowingly is different, but we have to accept the fact that a a majority, a lot of people, whether like they choose to or they've been indoctrinated like this, are just ignorant. Mm -hmm. They know that it's wrong, but they don't know why. They don't know who or they they don't know when. They just know that it's kind of wrong. Someone told them it's wrong, so they're not going to do it. And then they slip. And then you get to the point where like, okay, well, did they actually slip? Or was this intentional and they're just like putting on a show because they think it's like they're supposed to be wrong? It's a very loaded thing. And, and then you get to the point though where if you are at that age and you don't know why it's wrong, you don't know the history of it, right? Like you're mm-hmm. still ignorant to it. Mm-hmm. You make the choice to either be ignorant or you make the choice to educate yourself. And it gets to a point where, like I mentioned, and you should I think make you're the choice to educate overestimating yourself. ignorant people. Because I, I don't think ignorant people would see that choice. And it, the thing I just I feel like once someone tells you, hey, don't do that. Like I want to know. I would search. I would search it up. I would figure it out. I just can't imagine. Like it. it if you are ignorant to the choice that you're not going to educate yourself, that means you don't have empathy. You don't have any kind of like you don't want to know. Because well, if you, one person told me to stop wearing gray. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would look into it much more. I'd be like, really? that was kind of weird. They told I'd be me to like, stop why? wearing gray. I, I don't think I, would, I, I don't think I would like Google it until like maybe a third, fifth, seventh person said, "Hey, yeah. why are you still wearing gray? You but look crazy." But there's a certain point, like when, especially like seven, especially now in today's date, if you're 17 and you've been using that word, you've probably been told at least more than once. Probably. Like we so, just can't say for sure. Yeah, we can't. But and it's I'm like, saying like the penalty, like it just that was so much for not knowing everything. Yeah. And. and when it when you I, I don't want to interrupt you go ahead. I was just gonna say and or or you can go first. You sure? When it comes with AVE, mm-hmm. where do you draw the line between that is a shared culture? It's a fantastic question. I'm gonna give that. I'm a, that can be our next like, topic. Period or per? Mm-hmm. That's something that started as AAVE but has merged into pop culture. Mm-hmm. So that's it. So I'm definitely gonna give. That's gonna be the very next thing we talk about. To um, to conclude, to put a kind of put a bow on this conversation, it's just a perfect example of what just happened between the gray pants comparison is that it's a pers- it's going to be a personal choice. Yeah. There is no way I can go out and force someone to stop doing something that they don't want to do. And I don't have the power to. I shouldn't because it's up to that person to understand the impact and then make a decision based after that. I really like that. You said yes. I don't have the power to and I shouldn't. <laughs> go ahead. Because no one, even as a black person, there's no me going out and telling a white person not to do something, they're going to look at me crazy because it's, it's their life. It's so, still like and, and on a basic yeah. level where people telling people to do something. And it's really also like the thing that sucks about that too is like someone, I mean, imagine like what if I just told you like, oh, well, it's, it's, I mean, it's your job. Like if I told you that it's your job to tell that person why, do you think it's, your, it's not your job, right? It's not really your job to go around like telling people things that they should 
educate themselves on it's not my job at all because it's not gonna solve nothing because yeah. like shay said she's she could be the one person that tells somebody not to do something but the moment they leave it's still up to that person to make a choice yeah. a okay. choice and a decision and if they don't okay. it is what it is to use the gray uh pants example it's one thing to be like you shouldn't wear gray pants and then to not give context but if they say hey you right. shouldn't wear those type of pants because the, the factories that are made in blah blah if you go into a whole spiel and that's then whole, you get exactly a, what i was saying yeah mm-hmm, you get but an understanding someone says that it's bad without saying anything else i'm not gonna but just also if it's agree. personally impacting that person though then they, they gotta tell me that it's personally they, impacted they them shouldn't have to but how would i know but it's search it up you have the choice to search it up but like i shouldn't have to tell if you you're raised that's offensive it. because this and this and this and this when you have your own material to do it because it's not my job to tell you that you're wrong and it's not enough time in the but world to do think that. that i'm wrong then yeah. you gotta tell me why you think that no i can tell you those gray pants you should not wear them and then i can be like um, you know, just search it up. You can educate. Things yeah. like these are also very situational because attire is one thing, but yeah. when it comes to a situation of race, then again, it's not your it's not your responsibility to go Google something. I mean, you there's no there's no law or someone pulling at your neck saying I told you saying the N word is wrong. Now you go have to look it up. No, I mean that's your choice. I think if you're the person being offended by it, like no matter if we were talking about the N word or anything else, mm-hmm. if you're going to take offense to it and going to take that stand, you have to be ready to defend that stance and willing to share why it's you're passionate about it. To use an example, like wouldn't you get so sick of it of having to educate other people? If it's something it, I'm passionate about enough to be offended over regularly, then no. It gets to a point, and I'm going to use the example in a similar sense, but as a black person with that last thing y'all just said, it gets to a point like, damn if I do, damn if I don't. Because I can give the context and they're still not going to care. I can get upset and they're still not going to care. I can ignore it and it keeps happening. So it's like, with those two different points, I can agree with one, if you're offended about it, then explain why you're offended. But especially as a black person, it gets tiring. Like, I'm not about to keep explaining to every white person why they shouldn't say the N-word. I feel it, it should be very self-explanatory. Yeah. Someone else may not feel that way. And I see both sides of those so, like, well. And with peop- members of part of the LGBTQIA plus community, if they were to ask you, or if this was a conversation around the F-slur, and mm-hmm. somebody said it, and then they say... If someone as a gay person says that they don't like that, do you still feel the same stance of they should explain why that shouldn't be said? Or do you think that's a different situation? I feel like, yeah, they should explain because I don't. I'm trying to think of how I want to word this. I'm sorry. Definitely understand. The question you're asking is, should people still if they're going to be offended by it, explain why they're offended. Yes, in this specific example, because we talked about use of the N-word, and unless we say, like, hey, like, me and Anna have the opinion that we shouldn't have to explain to you why that's wrong. See, I think it's different, though, because the N-word being used at the... Like, I do consider myself bi. I just don't really want to say it, just in case I push some buttons. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I I identify as a little bit gay. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) if someone... People aren't going around calling each other the F slur for kind of funsies. It At used to happen. At least I haven't heard. Yeah, it. it used to be very common. And if mm-hmm. if I be like that, I would be like, "Why are you saying that?" And if they said, "It's because I'm gay," I would be like, "Oh, okay." okay. And if they said it's because I hate gay people, I would be like, "Well, I'm a gay person, and I think that's really offensive. You mm-hmm. shouldn't say that." But what if they said? Oh, you know, I just call it like that. It's just a funny word. It's just what I call like my friend. Like I just call. Him. 
you know. Then I would explain like, hey, I'm gay. That word has been used to, like as a slur. And when I hear that, I think you're being offensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would explain it. So I wouldn't expect them to just know. It all comes down to personal choice because. I, just, I can't imagine someone not knowing. Yeah. I, I feel like I can because I've seen it. I've seen people like use the word and they're like, what do you mean? And that is a good point. People are just genuinely ignorant. But when it comes down. So stupid. Like there's so many. I didn't want to say stupid, but just like it's people are (laughs) really dumb. The majority of people are stupid until they're educated. And the majority of the world's population, especially this country's population, are not educated. And it gets to a point where bringing up common sense is not common. I definitely (laughs) I I had to learn that as years went on. But to transition to the question you asked about uh, AAVE, you asked, if I'm not mistaken, where's the line drawn of it being a part of pop culture and when it being offensive? Or just sharing cultures. Because, like, I feel like there are terms that are used interculturally. And to answer your question from my perspective, because it's different from every black person and other black people that was interviewed in their article, they'd have different opinions as well. Mm-hmm. From my personal opinion, it all did, one, it comes back to the talk of intent. If you're just around people and you hear things said and you find it cool, then it's going to be said. And as long as it's not used to hurt anyone, then I personally don't care. But it does get annoying when that line is drawn to where if it's mocking. Yeah, right. And that's yeah. totally different. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally agree. Like mocking is different than genuinely taking part in it but mm-hmm. growing using up it with a separate dialect because a b it's a a b e right mm-hmm. yeah that's that's like it's it's a dialect of a language because it like i don't know if you ever heard about the study then but it was or actually it was a school okay and i don't know which state it was in but it was in a southern state and they decided because there was like their like writing and reading literacy was low and they realized it's because the dialect was so different because, like, if you use, like, a lot of words, like, I'm trying to, I, no, I get what like, you're saying. So they, they trans, they did a, they did a thing where they translated words that are, like, an AAV meaning to an English meaning. And doing that, they were able to, like, make, because this, the whole, I mean, the federal government does a standard English, you know. Mm-hmm. This is, like, so, a, and it's, it's not, a dialect of English. It's, yes. Yeah, so AAVE is it's a like, dialect of English. So they like used that. And then that got shut down, completely shut down. Because they didn't want to, like, accept that AAVE was a dialect, right? Right. But it is. So if you grow up with, in in an area where AAVE is is the common dialect, dialect, then that is completely different because it's not, I I just feel like that's completely different. I agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But this one, I don't think can be compared to I don't think we're talking about that anymore. Yeah. But I'm just saying, I don't think it can be compared to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, with the intent and the impact. And I guess, yes. Okay. So circling back, I think, I guess that's what I'm saying is my dad's intention. Mm-hmm. Like, he was raised around that. Yeah. And that's why he feels justified in saying it. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, it's very interesting to know that, like, there was actual research and time put into, like, looking into the logistics of it. But I think that, like, AAV is definitely a dialect almost like Creole is where it's a mix of English and a second part, whatever that second part is. Mm-hmm. The second part, I guess be culture yeah, because culture. Creole yeah. comes from the French culture in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And I think AAVE it's okay to be used, not okay to be mocked. And definitely like, understandable and agree. And the only, the only part that differs is that, 
especially as a black person and from black people, it's a lot of things that we have did a part of our culture were made fun of and then were reused and, so and revamped and as I, in I different things. Of, I roll my eyes at a white girl that is talking in AAVE. And like, I, I roll my eyes at that. Like, even, I, I don't know, like, even if it's see, not the aren't intent. Aren't like, full AAVE, though? Yeah, I'm like if like, it would have no, bits yeah. and pieces. Yeah, that's Holes. like yeah. I feel like. But I'm just saying, like if you're walking around and then you're you talk in that dialect and you're white, I'm like I'm just sitting there like, like I, it just it, like I don't like that. And so. even with bits and pieces, to be honest, at least from my perspective, bits and pieces still get annoying to a certain degree, degree because you could walk around and hear like slay or like do the, like, <laughs> and it's like it get old. Like even if you're not using it in a bad way, just because. <laughs> It's just period. I feel like period is one of the ones that's just default, but it it really it's really situational because like like we say, it's not okay to be it's okay to be used, not okay to be mocked. Yes, Mm -hmm. but if you hear a white girl saying "slay" twenty four seven, and you like literally you can go to class and hear like "slay" period per, it's just like like, yeah, and they're not doing nothing wrong. It just it gets old at this point. But I mean, you can't. That's another thing. Even if that's an opinion, old for everyone. Yeah, (laughs) like like, that's what I was saying. Like it's not just thing i don't even think it's anything really intentional yeah like, no one's yeah. like i want to sound like i'm speaking A-B-E. i mean language evolves always so right. i mean if some of a dialect is involved like evolving into the standard english mm-hmm. like that's different because it's evolving into it it's not someone purposely speaking in the dialect to speak in the dialect right so like and i don't think almost anyone there are people who do that. There are. But Absolutely. I, yeah. Commonly. It's not, like, the norm <laughs> yeah. to yeah. put on an accent. It's not the norm to, like, pretend to speak unnaturally. People usually do fall back into their natural paths. But right. <laughs> I just feel like it's not really a harmful thing for but we don't white know. People. We don't know for sure, though, because we're white. Right. So, I mean, I'm I'm saying yeah. I don't feel that it's a necessarily harmful thing mm-hmm. from my perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From from both of our perspectives it doesn't feel harmful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if any way that it is, I mean I would like to know how, but I don't understand how as of right now. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, and I um, wouldn't and but I know I'm smart enough to know that I'm not going to go around like putting on an accent because putting on an accent, yeah, but like there are certain things I say like that people were like, oh, why do you call him that? Like, my mom had a friend come over, and I told her her tracks were showing. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she was like, what is, what is that? And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you call him? Like, <laughs> what is that? That's always what I've known him as because of who I've been around. Like, um, extensions. Oh, Like, when you that. got them clipped in or, like, sewn in or, like, whatever you got them going in, how? If you can, like, see them real bad, you say, your tracks are out. Like, you can see your tracks, your tracks are showing. And that's what I've always known. But that's because I've been around people who wear a lot of extensions and wigs and hair add-ons in their life, and that's what they've called them. So... Wait, so what's your opinion on that? Well, I was actually going to say a perfect example of what Shay was mentioning just happened is that you didn't know that. So let's say I got offended by her saying that, and you didn't know that. I wouldn't think that's offensive. And it wasn't offensive. It wasn't offensive. It's just... Like, she, like, example you made is that everybody's not going to know we're 19 or and we're 19, you're 20. And like, she didn't know what, what tracks were. Don't like but, that. Oh, no, no. Why I am I n- older n- than both of you? <laughs> and like Anna said, like, what is that? Like, she had showed visible, visible confusion and you told her what it was. Like, not everybody's going to know every little thing about mm-hmm. the world. And 
as far as my opinion on the track stand, I mean, I, I don't really care. But again, <laughs> I'm, I also, a lot of my opinions are different than others. And I tend to try not to focus on everything that could potentially irritate me. Because like I said to the person who wrote the article about um, AVE, if I was irritated by every white girl that said slay, I'd be irritated every day. <laughs> if I was irritated by every white person that said the N-word, I would be irritated damn near every day. So it's just all this, pick and choose what you put your mind towards. Because it's much more peaceful to be like, you know what? I can only control what I can control. I don't have no job to go out and change the world. I'm not a superhero. So people are going to be people. And you shouldn't have to. Yeah. So with that being said, one, I want to um, thank both of you guys for having these type of conversations because they're not easy. And to anyone who is listening, who, who will listen to this and if get to this, <laughs> to this point of the episode, these conversations are not easy to have or easy to hear. So... One, I thank both of them as two white women and as a black host still having these conversations and being honest with the views, even if they disagree, but also someone who would listen to always keep an open mind because these things are not black and white. Ironically, pun intended, it's between <laughs> black and white, but these things are not just black and white. And these conversations could go on in different aspects and different paths because it's not as easy. It's sometimes as easy as you're not black. Don't say the N word. I feel it should be, but I'm not the only person in the world. I'm not the only black person. I'm not the only individual who uses the word. That's just fact. So it gets to a point where we need to have these discussions, even if we disagree, because we need to know every mindset. We need to know why someone would choose to still do something if they know the impact. We need to know why that impact hurts. Like Shay said, it's not as nothing's going to we're not going to progress by us as black people saying you guys shouldn't use that word because it hurts us. That's a good start, but it's good to also go into detail. Why does it hurt? What's the history? And if you know, then now you're making a choice. With that being said, we're going to end it on a more lighter note. One of the conversations that we were talking about that didn't get recorded at first before we bring it up now is concerts. I've personally never been to a concert. I would really love to go. It's um would be a really good experience, in my personal opinion. But... I, if listen, if you invite me, listen, we, we can go out. We can go out. And then even if because I'm I'm someone who was in varsity choir and with that, it allowed me to get a great understanding to just all types of music. So even if I'm not familiar with the band or it's not something I listen to, if they're good, they're good. It really is. And one to have to bring a more serious aspect into it of the situation that happened with Travis Scott uh, concert with the people that got injured in it. Do you feel that? He should have a lot of responsibility. Do you feel that situation? How do you feel about that situation, if, if it was tragic or not? And then once we get to that, we can end the episode by just explaining what concerts mean to the both of you. And also, just to put this all in one big last question, I'll repeat it if necessary. I know you guys obviously can't see this because it's an audio recording, but their style is phenomenal. Like, how they dress. I always try to compliment both of them on how they dress. And I just want to ask, like, where they get their style from? Because, like, like, you have – is that, like, a butterfly earring on the left? Or, like, what earring is that? It's a butterfly earring. And then, like – and like they're twinning right now like i have two different earrings and that was his point <laughs> and like their style is really unique in my personal opinion so that'll be the last last question just where they get their inspiration for their style from and how they get so confident to present themselves or how they get to a position to present themselves in the way that they do but to go one at a time the situation that happened at travis scott concert as a concert goer as two people who have been to concerts before how'd that make you feel Me? if anna can go first well, okay, so um, any person has a certain responsibility because it's your concert, your name's on it. So if my name was on something, I feel like I would 100% try and check over everything before. Do they have enough space? Do they have enough security? Do they have enough fencing? Is their fencing safe? I would go over those things 
and I would make sure that I hired people. Like if I couldn't all do it myself, I would hire people that would, you know, have that because my name's on that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, now it is, he does hold it responsibility. ruined his reputation. Yeah. And it absolutely, like he holds responsibility because he did not make sure that his, like his Especially fans his are response. who makes him. I was about to say, not yeah. to mention he tweeted out like, we should riot or. big part of that more right. than the initial event. Mm-hmm. Right. Like people died. Like in this, yeah. this guy, you can just tell that he's so like. Like, unbothered. He doesn't care. Like, it's right. his fans that support him in the first place. The only reason this man makes money... The only reason they were there. Because, the only reason he was there. Like, it's because of his fans. And then his fans died because he wasn't, like... Mindful. Mindful of, like, the things that could have happened. And, like, Crowd Crush isn't a new thing. I mean, it's been around. Right. So, That's like, one of my points, too. Right. Crowd Crush isn't a new thing. I mean, it's it's happened on bigger scales. And even on a smaller scale, it's still at least one life, like, lost. Mm-hmm. And other, you know artists will stop the concert if something bad happens and he didn't and then even after and he you could like see in like so many of the videos that he's seen it happening yeah he was aware and he still chose not to so yeah he holds responsibility i agree with pretty much all of that Mm -hmm. um i think he doesn't hold 100 percent of the responsibility but but like a majority of it Mm -hmm. um as someone who's gone to probably like three over 300 concerts like i go to a lot of music festivals that have a lot of people and a lot of concerts in them specifically i'm thinking of like a comparable concert that i went to Mm -hmm. in 2018 i saw tyler the creator Mm -hmm. i mean he's only bigger now than he was in 2018 but like that was like one he was as big as he was then now and like he had hundreds of thousands of people and an outdoor stage Uh, i don't know if you're familiar with Lollapalooza. i am okay grant park he was on the biggest stage in the park, and Lollapalooza takes up all of Grant Park. The two biggest stages are in each end. Mm-hmm. His crowd was from the first stage to the last one, all watching him. He took up the entire park, hundreds of thousands of people. The biggest crowd Lollapalooza has ever seen were watching him, and I was 15 rows from the front. So I was in about as comparable a crowd that you can get to that Travis Scott situation for hours. I was waiting there. It took a long time to get up to that close to that point, a sea of people. You cannot even imagine how cramped, crushed, crowded, horrible it is in there. The layer of air over the crowd of that size is so thick and musty. People, I remember... We're standing, all of us, for hours, we're standing like this because they're physically, I have my hands above my head right now, Mm -hmm. because there physically was not enough room for all of us to stand with our arms next to each other. Like, we were so cramped that we were pressed like that. And as cramped as that was, still, when Tyler came on stage, everyone moved forward 50 feet. That room came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as the artist comes on stage, everyone rushes forward as hard and as fast as they can. They don't give a fuck about who's around them. Crush the fuck out of them. They can end up on the floor. I'm getting closer to that artist. Mm-hmm. And crowd crush. That's, it's, you, you can look up any concert ever and you will see that happen. It's how they prepared for it and handled it once it did happen. That's where everything fell apart at Astroworld. Because that was predictable. They could have put precautions against that like more major large-scale music festivals like Lollapalooza and Coachella do and this was his music festival under his rules he didn't follow those precautions Mm -hmm. and he with that same mindset this is my festival these are my rules it's named after me 
we'll end it when I say it. So there were people telling him to end the show long before he did. And this is where, like, I mean, after that initial rush, all of the responsibilities on him. The crowd mm-hmm. did what a crowd is going to do. The crowd acted in a predictable behavior. Mm-hmm. Anyone could have said that was going to happen. Everything else after that point is on Travis Scott. Definitely understandable, and I pretty much agree with everything you guys said. He could have handled the situation better, but he doesn't have all the responsibility. But he has a good majority of it because, right. like you said, it's his platform, and he understands how concerts work. This was his mm-hmm. first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh concert that he did. He was a very experienced artist, and he's a very popular artist who embraces mosh pit culture. Right. So specifically, he was, he was telling people to jump the fence. Exactly. Like he was telling people to get in there, and then the security obviously. And that's wasn't... like a whole different thing because, like at that Tyler concert, we were moshing. That was like, if someone right. would have got trampled down there, the same thing would have happened at Astroworld. That happened at Astroworld. Would have happened at Tyler Crater. It would have been physically impossible for mm-hmm. any security guard to get there in time to save anyone, let alone part the crowds and just pray hundreds of thousands of people listen to him. That was a poor setup too. But like, it's the point that people were on like the speaker saying, stop the concert. There's recording of him saying people are dying. And then after the fact, him saying, we'll keep moshing. Mm -hmm. Don't listen to them. They're trying to shut us down. Let's keep going. Like the gravity of the situation was completely on his shoulders and nobody else's. At that point. And it was very it was a very careless act and it sucks because in theory he was just doing his job. He was just trying to be an entertainer, but you have to keep that balance in mind that people's lives are still they're here for you. Mm-hmm. And now it's a situation where you kinda had blood on your hands because you embraced something that led to people's deaths. And it's very unfortunate and I hope even if, even when his apology, because his apology didn't seem that uh, thought out, but I do hope in some form he grows to a point where this can never even be thought of happening again. Because he's going to continue to make music. He hasn't released, he's released, he's barely released any of his own, but he's been on features. He was just featured on an album from a producer by the name of Metro Boomin. I don't know if you're familiar. And he had some verses on there, and you can see he's slowly trying to get back into releasing music again, but it's never going to feel right if you don't genuinely take the acknowledgement of, attempting to be better and to finally get on a more positive note because we've had a lot of conversations and a lot of great conversations that i'm really grateful for having that that's how i'm gonna give you guys your flowers when i finally stop talking but um you've talked the least i think you're good <laughs> <laughs> for real you can go ahead and keep going <laughs> that makes me it makes me really happy that i talked the least in a podcast can episode for my guest about you next that's what my can we take the charge that's what my solo episodes are for but when you guys create a podcast because i really think y'all should also make one that was one of the first conversations we had then i would think people would like to hear me talk i'm convinced most people who hear this are gonna be like that shay girl god don't ever have her come back and i would defend i would defend you to the ends of the earth because you came on my platform and gave me your time you gave you both gave me three hours of your time that y'all did not have to do and yes it's been three hours and okay. <laughs> I'm not mad at it at all. I really appreciate y'all. And to continue with the concert conversation before I ended by giving you guys more praise, um, what, what do going to concerts and getting that experience mean to you? And what is your favorite concert? What's your favorite artist? If you can go first, Anna. So I've only been to, I think I've only been to two concerts so far. And they're really? very big. It was Taylor Swift and Shawn Mendes. Mm. Because... Um, 
this is when I was young and my mom thought these are who I wanted to see for Christmas, which Taylor Swift I wasn't really good. I was a huge fan when I was a kid. So. Mm -hmm. But um, Shawn Mendes I don't really care about, but I was like, oh yeah, he's cute one time. And she was like, okay, I got you concert tickets for your birthday. You're welcome. <laughs> but um, I love going to concerts because I like to, I mean, like, I kind of like to get dressed up for that. I just like doing any kind of event that I can get dressed up for, mm -hmm. take cute pictures at, and then have a good time while I'm in the area. Like, all of them. Check like, all the boxes. Yeah, like, <laughs> if you can check all those boxes, like, that's pretty cool. And then also, like, music that you, you know, hear over the radio, and then you hear them in real life is kind of like, oh, it's new. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like a different experience. And, like, you're sharing it with a bunch of people, which kind of creates, like, a little bit of a community, which is kind of cool. So I like that, and, like, I've always wanted to be someone that goes to, like, concerts, like, a bunch of concerts, and I just don't, I don't know, it might be the anxiety thing, but I just don't go to concerts very often. Mm -hmm. But we're going to... Noah Khan. Noah Khan. Yeah, we're going to Noah Khan. Really? In, um... February. February, and I think that one will be really, really fun because um, he's like an artist that I actually like, really like, and it's like a, I it's a smaller. <laughs> no, I knew him from Stick Season first. Oh, well. <laughs> and we Jaden like the whole album. In my okay, car. Yeah, that's true. But um, and then like, he's like a newer artist, so like it's gonna be like probably a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna be on the floor. So I'm kind of excited because it'll be my first time being on the floor of a concert. Mm. And I just I just think they're fun, positive experiences. And I think that whatever happens there, you're going to look back on it and be like, that was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think that music is a really big connector of people. Like all the, I think it's really beautiful when, I don't know, on like a more basic level, like um, I think it's disgusting that we pay so much for it. Oh, yeah. But, that's ridiculous. Because it's just exploited to a whole different level, oh, yeah, human yeah, talent. Yeah. But... I think it's beautiful seeing talent of people and people gathering to praise and enjoy that talent together. Mm -hmm. And it's so enjoyable. I think music, ha it has a psychological effect on you. It does, 100% proven. But it does something to your brain. It makes you happy. And I really am a person who could not imagine life without music. I've had people ask, like, would you rather be deaf or blind? And that's really hard for me because my first thought is I always cannot imagine a life without music. I cannot. But for me, concerts started, um, I'm from Jackson, and the Jackson County Fair always has concerts mm -hmm. every year. Um, it started with Hannah Montana, and then That's So Raven, Raven Simone. Legends. Dude, <laughs> it was so cool. And I remember them really well. I was like four, five, six, seven when I saw... Hannah Montana, Raven Simone, and then Vanessa Hudgens, all at the no Jackson way. County Fair. What? And I, I have pictures. Jackson County I have Fair. pictures to prove it all. How I had, did Jackson do that? That's a <laughs> that's a hell of a lineup. Dude. Well, it was year after year. So like oh, okay. it was Miley Cyrus at first, and she was like fourteen. Mm -hmm. Like she was a kid in a blonde wig, lip syncing, one hundred percent. Oh yeah. And sure. <laughs> Raven Simone, it was also very weird. She wore giant sunglasses the whole time mm -hmm. and was only on stage for probably like 30 minutes mm. and then Vanessa Hudgens I waited outside the gate and chanted for her and she came out and took pictures and signed autographs it was very cute and I was like a child <laughs> but that kind of like sparked my love for it because I went to go with all my friends to the fair and we went and rode rides ate candy and then went and saw some freaking Disney stars yeah. on TV on, that we see on TV and sang their songs like feet from the stage it was so cool I was a little kid like I, I had I was five because I had a cast on my wrist and <laughs> I was like so little like having the time of my life and the concert ended and it was like I was bounced back to a whole different world I was like wait where are we what are we doing mm -hmm. and ever since then I've just always enjoyed concerts I went to Lollapalooza for the first time when I was 15 
or yeah, 15, 16, if I was 15, cause I couldn't drive yet. And my parents trusted me to go to a different state for a four day music festival with two of my teenage friends. <laughs> when they were 17 and 18, I was 15. I couldn't even drive. And they're like, yeah, have fun. And so on that was really like the point between me being a kid and me being my own person mm -hmm. and really getting into concerts because Lala kicked it off. I was like, oh my God, we were here for four days and we seriously just saw like 200 different artists yeah. for like 400 bucks. And like when you break it down, that's a really good that's deal. Really good, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. And I was seeing like big people, like I saw Brockhampton, I saw Post Malone, Tyler, the creator. Who did I see on my first year? And oh, on my first year. Yeah. I only went for one day. I saw so many people. I only went for one day in Lollapalooza in 2018. And then 2019 and then 22, I went back for all four days. Because it's addictive. Mm -hmm. You walk around enjoying music with people who are there to enjoy music and dance and feel it. And I think it's just beautiful. Um, it's really fun to be a part of. And I th it's just very beautiful. My favorite concert ever if not Tyler, the creator, because it was just so, the energy is like uncomparable to any other concert with that many people, mm -hmm. would be probably Declan McKenna, if any of you guys know who he is, or Brockhampton, mm -hmm. both of which I saw three different times because I love them so much. Mm -hmm. that I was like, I'm gonna double up. I saw Brockhampton twice in Illinois and once in Michigan, and then I saw Declan McKenna three times in Michigan. And all of them were pretty small shows, and I got to like actually interact with the artists, which was a really big deal for me, mm -hmm. because when they know I exist, that kind of adds a whole different plane. Whole different level. It's a whole different level. And like I gave a bouquet of flowers to Brockhampton, and I gave a ring to Declan McKenna, and both of them on social media afterwards like had featured that. They were like, they had the ring on or the bouquet of flowers in the background. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. I made an impact on these people's lives mm -hmm. when their music and art has made such an impact on mine. Yeah. So that was just like a very, it's, <laughs> it's huge. And now like Brockhampton's got like seven albums out and Declan McKenna's fucking huge. And I met these people when they were at tiny little venues, like mm -hmm. in Grand Rapids in Detroit. Mm -hmm. And like, I've watched them grow and flourish and I've seen them three times now and they know I exist in one way or another. It's just a whole different, it's like your idols acknowledging you, you know? And those are experiences I would love to have. It's one of the main reasons why I say like, I wanna get out of Michigan cause I've barely traveled at all. Like my parents claim I've traveled, but I don't have no memory of it. So just getting those experiences of being young and going to see your favorite artist or getting out of state and having these experiences or even being in the state that you're from and seeing these artists, they're life-changing moments. And to hear that like these are the impacts that those type of events can have, it's like, can't wait to experience something like that. I do think it is, like that's a good way to put it, life-changing. Yeah. yeah. Um, it kind of goes into like your next question, if you want to ask it. It's something that I definitely will remember forever. Like, like you know, how, like I was really young when I seen Taylor Swift, but I 100% remember that concert. Right. And I don't remember a lot from when I was that young, so. And it just shows the impact that can have on a person's life. Exactly. And I do think that like my purpose here on this earth, like kind of circling back to the religion thing, is to see, do, hear, experience as much as I can. I think I check a lot of those boxes by going to concerts. Like the yeah, whole planning yeah. of it, like going somewhere and experiencing that. It's a, it's a, it's an experience in and of itself. Like mm -hmm. that, I think people should at least go through once. Yeah, you gotta try it. <laughs> I definitely plan on trying it. Listen to Noah Khan. 
I, mean, I really feel like he's not your style. I have a very diverse taste of music. He's pretty far from almost everything. He loves Vermont. <laughs> he does. And, like Ohio, too. But Hey, I'd definitely be interested in giving it a chance. It's more like, it's like an indie folk. Yeah. Which There's, is, I don't really like any other folk music. It's just Noah Khan. He really hits the spot. <laughs> It's been, it's very hard to get me to not like something. And even if I wouldn't listen to it regularly, it's still an appreciation I always can find for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely open to hearing them because I've never heard of who he was. So <laughs> make sure you send me some of his music. Are you from Michigan? I am from Detroit. All right. So oh. you've always been in the Midwest. Yeah. So you will resonate with his music because <laughs> it's all about being in the Midwest. It's, yeah, it sounds a little weird, but it also kind of hits super hard. Like, when I first heard a song, I was like... Yeah, it does hit, like, when I was, like... Kind of, like, uh, good though. community-style things. Yeah. Go ahead and ask your last question. It sounds pretty fire. Make sure y'all definitely send me some once we stop recording. But final question before I give them their praises one more time for being on my show. Like I mentioned, I really enjoy their sense of style when they dress. And where does it come from from both of you? Does it, was it just random one day? Did you see someone who dressed... A certain way and emulated that and made it your own what is the story behind both of you guys fashion if Shay can go first and Anna can end us off I just want to say I really enjoy your fashion as well yeah, and I want I you to say, know like, that you, you have, have the fit quite right the now. impact because some days when I'm getting around to go to class I'm like oh, it's just year in 200 I love this class I don't really want to be later than I already always am so let me just like throw something on and then I think wait Anthony kind of notices my outfit sometimes I kind of want to live up to that. I want to, like, actually look cool if someone does notice. Because I always do, like, I do it for myself. I do, like, back to, like, the core question. I do it because, and this is something I'm also still growing into. I was just talking about Anna, uh, to Anna about this, about, like, wanting to dress that fits more my body and not my mind. Mm-hmm. But I want the way I dress to be a reflection of my mind and yeah. clothes to decorate my body, not to sit on top of them. Like, I want de- clothes to complement me and be an extension of my personality more than they are something to cover the unfavorable parts of myself. And I think I've still got a lot to go, but especially in the past like two years, my style has changed a lot, especially being on my own, away from my parents, away from my hometown, mm-hmm. away from a lot of judgmental minds. Being at university, it's a new town, a new college. There's like a million people here who I will see today and not ever again. Mm-hmm. Even if I did see them again, they wouldn't recognize me. I can wear whatever I want. And mm-hmm. a lot of people are dressed crazy and more out, out there than me. And I think they look cool. And I'm like, I wish I had like the self-confidence to present myself that way, but I have issues with being perceived, so I don't. And that's something I'm aware of, so obviously I'm working on it. This first step is acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. But, like, <laughs> I dress this up way for myself, and I'm still not there yet. Because if I were fully dressing for myself, I think my style would still be much different than it is now. But in general, I like to wear things that make me happy. And if it's, they make me happy because of what they are, how they make me look, win-win. Um... What I'm wearing now is definitely makes me happy because of what it is, not how it makes me look. Mm-hmm. It's like a frappy sweater, yoga pants. But I love it when pants don't touch the bottom half of my leg. I feel so constricted <laughs> if it's tight from, like, the knee down. Mm-hmm. And I've once I made that realization, oh, my God, I haven't worn skinny jeans in so long. <laughs> like, unless it's for work or for, like, a specific thing, like uh, filming something, 
I don't like to be constricted, so I'm more loose clothes type of person. And then for women, I guess it's a little different, like when it comes to like wearing bras and wearing nipple, like things to cover your nipples mm -hmm. or like cover them showing. Um, I don't like to, I like to kind of feel, I like my clothes to feel like I'm not wearing anything. I like to like barely be able to feel them. Mm -hmm. Like what I'm wearing now, I just like because of what it is and not how it makes me feel. Um, I like these pants because they're loose. I like my velvet shoes because they're velvet and I like the color maroon. Mm -hmm. And then my sweater is also velvet. I like the feeling of it. And, and your hair ties matches your shirt my hair tie is also velvet and it's also blue like my sweater so yeah. i i like the textures i like the way it's sitting on me mm -hmm. more than it's making me look because mm -hmm. that's the part that's making me happy that's great to hear and as someone who's obsessed with matching clothes the fact that your the blue matches I'm your sweater it's like it, it's perfect i had a medium one time say are you obsessed with like matching like you can't leave without your socks matching Correct. I cannot leave in mismatching socks. <laughs> I will have a panic attack and be late <laughs> before I leave with different socks on. And it's like, even with that, part of both of y'all's style is that y'all wouldn't wear just one color. Y'all would find a way to wear multiple colors and still make it work and look good on y'all. And Anna, before we uh, end it off here, I want to get your thoughts on just how, your style and where does it come from and why do you wear the things you wear? My style is 100% the reflection of how I'm feeling that morning. <laughs> because if I'm wearing jeans... <laughs> like this is this is kind of funny, but if I'm wearing jeans, it means that I'm like that I'm not doing that much that day. But what I am doing is more like important. I want to say so, like formal. Yeah, like I guess formal. And then if I wake up late, I will always wear sweatpants or leggings, and that's it. But like the um the whole style thing, like I literally my style is so random. I wear like anything if i like the way it looks so I, also I don't fit into like any kind of like you know like there's aesthetics mm -hmm. don't fit into a single one of them because i would do i would do like a you know like the i want to wear oh my gosh well, okay my, what i really want to do though i want to be able to wear i want to get fishnets like a bunch of freaking fishnets <laughs> and i want to wear these boots and fishnets and a skirt and because i, I kind of like really like overly feminine things mm -hmm. i really like to express femininity like through my clothes i don't know what it is like i do my or my hair and my makeup are also a part of my style because i i agree to that love hardcore. doing my makeup like today i Underrated. did like white eyeliner because i was wearing white boot or like cream boots and a cream coat so i was like you know what i feel like white underliner would be kind of fun instead of my silver because when i'm doing silver i'll wear something that's like a little more colorful i don't know it's like strange i have I a strange way of doing it's a things. really good point is that like for at least for me and obviously for you so i can speak for us but i don't know about the other women out there i feel like my hair and makeup is a huge extension of my style, of my style and i yeah. use my hair as an accessory more than anything oh yeah Oh yeah, I love to do things, like certain things with my hair, like that would go, it's just so strange. Like if I'm wearing something certain, I'm, I'm doing my hair a certain way mm -hmm. to go with it. Because mm -hmm. I won't wear my hair, like especially leggings, almost always, this is so weird, but I just noticed it. I, only, I wear leggings all the time when I braid my hair the night before and take it out, so it's like frizzy because it's it like- It suits a certain style. Because it's not lazy, like it's not super lazy because I actually did something to it, but it's not super styled. And this outfit's not super lazy because I like it's, it's a reflection of that. Yeah, so yeah. that's like it's it's kind of wild. That's how my style goes. I just like there's different things that impact it every single day, and my makeup. I'll do more makeup if I'm wearing like a cooler outfit. It's just it's kind of wild actually. <laughs> but and then um, P 
piercings, and we were going to talk about this a little bit, but I want to talk about mine at Body least. Body modification. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my piercings are like, if I had money, like a lot of money, I would buy so many earrings and necklaces and bracelets and like like just jewelry in general, like in general. And I love having a bunch of piercings and I love having them all filled because if they're not all filled, I get kind of upset about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if I have holes that are like open in my ear, I'm like, I need to put something there. And mm-hmm. if I could have like different ones, like I want to, I don't know. Like it's just like, it's definitely a part of my style too. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. I should have mentioned that. And it kind of sounds hypocritical for what I'm about to say, but like, Kind of like the socks thing, like, I won't leave if my socks aren't matching. Mm -hmm. I will turn around. I'll be at my destination. I will go back home if I didn't put a ring on. Mm -hmm. It's like more than... I have rings too, but I only wear them... I only dress up my fingers when my nails are done. So I will only wear rings when my nails are done. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's more like um, like, babies carry around a blanket Mm -hmm. or have a pacifier. (laughs) My comfort item is my rings. When I'm anxious, I'm like I'm squeezing my fingers together so I can feel the pressure of my ring hitting the other fingers. Mm-hmm. When I'm freaking out and I need something to twiddle, like instead of biting my nails, I'm playing with my rings. Oh, my nails are so messed up. I just actually I have this problem a lot. I like to put my rings on my knuckle and then bend my knuckle so I can feel the pressure on my ring. I've broken a lot of rings. I just broke this one like 5 minutes ago because mm-hmm. I do that and I just snap them. But like it's like almost an anxiety comfort thing. Mm-hmm. I cannot leave without my rings. But I also love the way it looks of wearing like, I have like seven rings on right now. Like yeah. I love rings. Yeah. And oh, yeah. it, it creates the perfect vibe with each of you just because like you mentioned with, oh, I don't do certain things unless this is done and it all creates the mood and how you're going to be that day. And yeah. it is a true showcase of who y'all are because it means a lot to me when y'all say like my outfits are good because I'm not the most confident person and it's like every time I put an outfit on I don't I always try not I always try to look in the mirror and not leave until like I feel like I look good and sometimes and good style is so underrated is. Yeah. yeah and How with it fit right now? it's, it's very like so coordinated <laughs> like the colors are great and one of my biggest pet peeves is when people wear like dramatically different blacks together mm-hmm. but like all the black is the same shade <laughs> and it works perfectly and it flows and the consist like yes and yeah. i really appreciate that because one all of that is intentional but two just a little secret for the outfit i wore today so because i was over my i was in my girlfriend's dorm and i had packed these clothes yesterday but i forgot to get black socks and i was really annoyed that i have on white socks with black shoes but then i realized there's white stripes in the sweater so i'm like you know what it that's unintentionally so matches. Funny that that's how your so, thought went because that was mine. I was like, I wonder why he put white socks on, and then I was like, wait, he's got white in the sweater. That makes sense. It's like it's so funny that you had the same exact train of thought. <laughs> it's like I almost went crazy, but I caught myself down by realizing that there was white in the sweater, so like it matches anyway. Yes. It's like you know what? Because I was because I had a presentation this morning, and I was literally about to be late to go get black socks, but I'm like, you know it what? Almost like ties it together. Yeah, honestly, I kind of like it. So I think, I think the black socks would have been. It puts more attention on your pants and shoes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when otherwise I feel like all of the attention would have been on the sweater. Yes. And it created, it made sure it flowed properly. So just when y'all say like certain (laughs) things, what is that? Let's start a fashion blog. (laughs) It's like, that would be amazing. Just a whole separate content of just about fashion. But just so when you both say like certain things go together, it's like they're supposed to go together. Like I wore this necklace for a specific reason. I have the sweater on. I had a presentation and I wanted to show. I'm mindful of you. I feel like most people are not like that. With the outfit and the presentation thing? Yeah. And I feel like you can tell by looking at most people that they're not very mindful about like what they wear. And that's their choice. Like some mm -hmm. people's style is like 
chaotic comfy like going to class in pajama pants i love that mm-hmm. i love that for you i would do I that on like... a reflection of a day that i felt like really really tired i would wear sweatpants or not sweatpants but like pajama pants because it's just a reflection of how i'm feeling mm-hmm. so. right and i feel like i understand that like even if i can't practically relate to it yeah like mm-hmm. i don't actually do that but yeah. i understand it i get it yeah. <laughs> same here and it's just it's crazy you mentioned that it's important that I think like that for moments when I'm doing a presentation because when I walked it was for my science lab and there was only like one other person dressed up and part of me especially since I'm not the most confident person I'm like dang I overdressed I did too much but I came to the realization and I was okay with feeling like I hold myself to a certain standard because I feel like this is a very important thing for me I'm doing and I wanted that to reflect I wanted even the assignment I'm doing coming that's how obsessed I am with matching I wanted whatever I'm doing in that moment to match how I'm looking so it's like I'm doing a presentation this is why I dressed up like this I would dress like this anyway but now I'm gonna make sure I dress like this because I'm doing something I want everything to the T to go as perfect as I can humanly control even when it comes down to the outfit I was about to say yeah it might be one of the ways that we think about fashion is a control thing because if we can control anything we can control that the circumstances. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I take controlling what you can. Or, yeah. I think that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about that. I do also dress to reflect what I'm doing. Like, yeah, me too. Presentation yeah. wise. Oh, yeah. I didn't even realize it yesterday until afterward. Like I had an idea for a presentation of mine and I dressed to reflect it. Mm-hmm. I dressed like a kindergarten teacher yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I was that's like, cool. oh, okay, cool. Yeah. But and, it was a cute outfit. And it's like, it just makes you go into it like okay i know that everything is reflecting how i wanted to and then now it's up to the assignment or the grader mm-hmm. but to do the rest yeah yep. with all of that being said i want to make sure that this last moment of uh the podcast will be definitely telling you thank you both of you guys thank you again because like i mentioned yeah was, honestly this was very fun i don't get to have conversations like this as often no. as i would like same and it's the reason why i wanted both of you on here because we could have went on we're going on three and a half hours and we <laughs> could go we on so dead ass right now it literally the clock is it's going so from serious? 327 and i'm gonna try and purposely talk a little bit so we can get to 330 but it's just uh, and he paused it. <laughs> oh yeah that's one of that's another edit that's another editing secret we've had bathroom but go to the bathroom we've had phone calls take i had to text my girlfriend back and she texted me like an hour ago like where are you at and i'm like still recording but it's just we've did all this and good conversation that's a good problem to have and it's like i really want to do this this is what i something i want to do as a job that's another reason why i felt so bad when we didn't get this episode recorded earlier because i want this to be something that i can do for the rest of my life as a journalist so having these conversations going for three hours four hours it makes me really happy to be able to do this and to have people who would want to do this because it makes it it helps me believe that i'm good at this because people have you definitely are people keep pursuing it keep doing it you found your look at the answers that your questions like produced and that is what's the magical part of this is that you like shay said you don't get the opportunity to share these thoughts with everybody you don't get a chance to talk about these certain things (laughs) what you walked out the room i was like this is all stuff i say in my head all the time i'm so (laughs) glad i can have someone to say it to (laughs) and it's like with me one of the reasons why i started a podcast is because like we don't i don't have the opportunity to get these thoughts out i'll be in the shower talking to myself and then be like i wish these thoughts could be out loud or just somewhere and i want to exactly what i said I want, with with anything I do in life, I want to help people and I want to give a voice for the voiceless. And it's not fair that everybody doesn't have opportunity to get these thoughts out because we have people in positions that say the dumbest things and they get get used for entertainment every day. So I always love to give 
people an opportunity to speak their voice. And I'm going to continue to always do these interviews more and give people this platform to talk about themselves. Because like they joked about, I talked the least in this episode and it <laughs> puts a smile on my face because I'm seeing two close people have an interaction and have conversations. And even when they disagree, still end up smiling, still end up getting to an understanding because that's one of the main reasons. I used to be someone that used to love debating. And now I really hate debating because people don't know how to respectfully disagree. And a lot of my personal trauma comes from seeing arguments. So it's really refreshing and it's really, really, and it's really shows a sign of relief to see people have conversations and even when they disagree, still end up smiling with each other. So that's all the content I have for this episode. I do want to ask both of you, do y'all want to plug anything, like your social medias at all or anything of the sorts? Everything of mine is private because <laughs> yeah. of journalism. Understandable. Um, so I think instead of that, maybe just take this opportunity, if you're listening right now, to share this podcast with everyone you know. Um, <laughs> get it out there. He's doing some pretty amazing stuff, and the world should see it as he wants. So instead of plugging me, I'm going to plug you. <laughs> Everybody yeah, right? go hype him up, hype his accounts up, hype his podcast, get it out there, do what you can instead of doing it for me. This is a male podcast that isn't misogynistic, so like have that It's mind. It's doing the most, yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate In that. the best way. <laughs> <laughs> it means so much to me. And like you mentioned, because a lot of male podcasts are under are stigmatized because they're assholes. I don't listen to a single male podcaster. So to have you guys on my platform <laughs> and oh, to... I do now. <laughs> That's yeah. not what I meant. You know no, what I meant. No, I really appreciate <laughs> that. Because they say like, yeah, like not, not including me, but just to have you on the platform and to be a voice that isn't the norm of bad people and bashing women I always want this to be a loving atmosphere and I really love this experience and I'm gonna usually I was gonna try and wait and post the interviews I've done because this is the third interview I've done and I've really want I've really waited to post them because there's a specific person his name is Brian if you ever listen to this and gets this far he's one of the main people who told me like you should start doing this you should start doing this podcast and I really wanted him to be the first episode but it's so hard because he's not here and like with the app I'm with with it because it's through Anchor and then to Spotify, you got to like connect them a certain way. And I just haven't had time as a college student. So, but I'm going to get these, especially this episode out there, because I feel that this is, this is my favorite interview I've done because we literally have had so much to talk about. And there is so like, when we took the turn about religion, like that wasn't expected that I didn't have that in my notes. It just flowed so perfectly. And I thought of questions to ask to keep the conversation going because I wanted y'all thoughts. And I feel like there were really productive conversations. Like, even yeah. though I felt pretty confident on my stands for all of these things, I do feel like I've learned a lot. I feel like I've learned things too. Same here. And with that being said, I really appreciate anyone who listened this far. I really appreciate anyone who listened even a minute of my podcast. It means the world to me. And I want to thank Anna and Shay again for being here. And I'm signing off. Bye, guys.